Psalm 40, Part 3 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2, by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 40, Part 3. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, saith the psalm to God. For the men of old time, when as yet the true sacrifice, which is known to the faithful, was foreshewn in figures, used to celebrate rites that were figures of the reality that was to be hereafter, many of them understanding their meaning, but more of them in ignorance of it. For the prophets and the holy patriarchs understood what they were celebrating, but the rest of the stiff-necked people were so carnal that what was done by them was but to symbolize the things that were to come afterwards. And it came to pass, when, that first sacrifice was abolished, when the burnt offerings of rams, of goats, and of calves, and of other victims, had been abolished. God did not desire them. Why did God not desire them? And why did he at first desire them? Because all those things were, as it were, the words of a person making a promise, and the expressions conveying a promise. When the thing that they promise is come, are no longer uttered. It is only until he gives what he promised that a person is a promiser. After he has bestowed it, he alters the expression. Of the thing which he used to say that, he was going to give it, he now does not say, I will give it, but, I have already given it, changing his words. Why was the word at first approved by him and afterwards changed? Because it was a word applicable to its own proper occasion, and for that its own proper occasion was approved. It was, then, when the gift was being promised, that it was pronounced. But when the thing promised had been bestowed, the expression of a promise was given up, that of a fulfillment of a promise was substituted. Those sacrifices then, as being expressions of a promise, have been abrogated. What is that which has been given as its fulfillment? That body which ye know, which ye do not all of you know, which of you who do know it, I pray God all may not know it unto condemnation. Observe the time when it was said, for the person is Christ our Lord, speaking at one time for his members, at another in his own person. Sacrifice and offering, said he, thou didst not desire. What then? Are we left at this present time without a sacrifice? God forbid, but a body hast thou perfected for me. It was for this reason that thou didst not desire the others, that thou mightest perfect this. Before thou perfectedest this, thou didst desire the others. The fulfillment of the promise has done away with the words that express the promise. For if they still hold out a promise, that which was promised is not yet fulfilled. This was promised by certain signs. The signs that convey the promise are done away, because the substance that was promised is come. We are in this body. We are partakers of this body. We know that which we ourselves receive, and ye who know it not yet, will know it by and by. And when ye come to know it, I pray ye may not receive it unto condemnation. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation unto himself. A body hath been perfected for us. Let us be made perfect in the body. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, but a body hast thou perfected for me. Burnt offerings also for sin hast thou not required. Verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come. Must we expound, sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, but a body hast thou perfected for me? Burnt offerings also for sin hast thou not required. 
which things he before did require, then, said I, lo, I come. It is time that what was promised should come, because the signs, by means of which they were promised, have been put away. And indeed, brethren, observe these put away, those fulfilled. Let the Jewish nation at this time shew me their priest if they can. Where are their sacrifices? They are brought to an end. They are put away now. Should we at that time have rejected them? We do reject them now, because if you chose to celebrate them now, it were unseasonable, unfitting to the time, incongruous. You are still making promises. I have already received. There has remained to them a certain thing for them to celebrate, that they may not remain altogether without a sign. For Cain, the elder brother who slew his younger brother, received a sign that no man should kill him, as it is written in Genesis, and the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest anyone should kill him. So too does the Jewish nation remain also. All nations that are subject to the Roman law have merged in the Roman rule. They have incorporated their superstitions, and have afterwards begun to detach themselves from them, through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But that nation has remained the same as ever with her sign of circumcision, and with her sign of unleavened bread. Cain hath not been slain. He has not been slain, he bears his mark about him. He is cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive his brother's blood from his hand. For he indeed shed the blood. He did not receive it, he shed it. Another earth received it, and from that earth which opened her mouth and received it, he has been cursed, and that earth whose mouth received the blood is the church. It is from this, then, that he is cursed, and that is the blood which crieth unto me from the earth. For it was of this earth that the Lord said, The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the earth. Cries, he saith, unto me from the earth. Cries unto the Lord. But he who shed the blood is dumb, because he hath not drunk of it. In such a case, then, are they, like Cain, with his mark. The sacrifices, however, which used to be performed there, have been put away, and that which remained unto them for a sign like that of Cain, hath by this time been fulfilled, and they know it not. They slay the lamb, they eat the unleavened bread. Christ has been sacrificed for us as our Passover. Lo, in the sacrifice of Christ I recognize the lamb that was slain. What of the unleavened bread? Therefore, says he, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of wickedness. He shews what is meant by old. It is stale flour, it is sour, but in the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. They have continued in the shade. They cannot abide the sun of glory. We are already in the light of day. We have the body of Christ. We have the blood of Christ. If we have a new life, let us sing a new song, even a hymn unto our God. Burnt offerings for sin thou didst not desire. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the head of the book it is written of me that, verse 8, I should fulfill thy will, O my God, I am willing, and thy law is within my heart. Behold, he turns his regards to his members. Behold, he hath himself fulfilled the will of the Father. But in what beginning of a book is it written of him? Perhaps in the beginning of this book of Psalms. For why should we seek far for it, or examine into other books for it? Behold, it is written in the beginning of this book of Psalms. Blessed is the man who hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of scorners, but his will is in the law of the Lord. That is, O my God, I am willing, and thy law is within my heart. That is the same as, and in his law doth he meditate day and night.
Verse 9, I have well declared thy righteousness in the great congregation. He now addresses his members. He is exhorting them to do what he has already done. He has declared, let us declare also. He has suffered, let us suffer with him. He is glorified, we shall be glorified with him. I have declared thy righteousness in the great congregation. How great and one is that! In all the world, how great is it! Even among all nations. Why among all nations? Because he is the seed of Abraham, in whom all nations shall be blessed. Why among all nations? Because their sound hath gone forth into all lands. In the great congregation, lo, I will not refrain my lips, O Lord, and that thou knowest. My lips speak, I will not refrain them from speaking. My lips indeed sound audibly in the ears of men, but thou knowest mine heart. I will not refrain my lips, O Lord, that thou knowest. It is one thing that man heareth, another that God knoweth, that the declaring of it should not be confined to the lips alone, and that it might not be said of us, Whatsoever things they say unto you, do, but do not after their works, or lest it should be said to the people, praising God with their lips, but not with their heart. This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Do thou make audible confession with thy lips, draw nigh with thine heart also. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In case like unto which that thief was found, who, hanging on the cross with the Lord, did on the cross acknowledge the Lord. Others had refused to acknowledge him while working miracles. This man acknowledged him while hanging on the cross. That thief had every other member pierced through. His hands were fastened by the nails. His feet were pierced also. His whole body was fastened to the tree. The body was not disengaged in its other members. The heart and the tongue were disengaged. With the heart he believed. With the tongue he made confession. Remember me, O Lord, he said, when thou comest into thy kingdom. He hoped for the coming of his salvation at a time far remote. He was content to receive it after a long delay. His hope rested on an object far remote. The day, however, was not postponed. His words were, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. The answer was, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Paradise hath happy trees. This day hast thou been with me on the tree of the cross. This day shalt thou be with me on the tree of salvation. Lo, I will not refrain my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. In order that he may not believe in heart indeed, and through fear refrain his lips from professing what he has believed. For there are Christians, there are some have faith in their heart, and yet among the pagans malicious treachery, flattering, mean, faithless, foolish insulters, if they are attacked on the score of being Christians, still have faith in their heart, and fear to confess it by their lips. They refrain their lips from uttering what they have within, what they know to be true. But the Lord reproves these persons. Whosoever shall be ashamed of me before men, of him I will be ashamed before my father. That is, I will not acknowledge him, because he was ashamed to confess me before men. I will not confess him before my father. Let then the lips utter what the heart holds. This is prescribed against fear. Let the heart really hold what the lips utter. This is prescribed against hypocrisy. For sometimes there is fear, and you dare not say what you know to be true, what you believe. Sometimes hypocrisy, you say, and do not in reality believe in your heart. Let your lips agree with your heart, while you are seeking peace from God. Be at peace with yourself. Let there be no disagreement between your lips and your heart.
Lo, I will not refrain my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. How saith he, What doth the Lord know? Inwardly in the heart where man seeth not, therefore he said also, I have believed. Lo, the heart holds, it already holds that which God may see. Let him not refrain his lips, he doth not refrain them. For what saith he? Therefore have I spoken. And because he spoke that which he believed, inquiring what he should render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards him, he adds, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. He shrunk not back through fear of the Lord's words, Can ye drink of the cup that I shall drink of? For he confesses by the lips what he held in his heart. He attained even unto grace to suffer, and because he attained unto the grace to suffer, what harm did the enemy do? For in sooth, right dear, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. By those very deaths, for which the heathen madly raged, we are this day refreshed. We are celebrating the martyr's anniversary. We are setting before us the martyr's examples. We are considering their faith, the manner in which they were discovered, dragged forth, and stood before their judges, knit together in the bond of unity in the Catholic Church. Without aught of hypocrisy, they confessed Christ. They, as being the members, desired to follow the head, which had gone before them. But who were they that desired this? Those who were patient in tortures, faithful in confession, truthful in their words, for they launched against the faces of those who were questioning them the arrows of God, and they wounded them unto resentment. Many they wounded too unto salvation. All these things we set before ourselves, and we are gazing upon them, and praying that we may imitate them. These are our Christian spectacles, on these God looks down from on high. To these he encourages us, for these he aids us. For these contests he sets prizes before us and bestows them. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. See thou fear not, and so refrain thy lips. O Lord, thou knowest that that is really in the heart which is uttered by the lips. Verse 10. I have not hid my righteousness within my heart. What is meant by my righteousness? my faith, for the just shall live by faith. As suppose the persecutor under threat of punishment, as they were once allowed to do, puts you to the question, what art thou, pagan or Christian? A Christian, that is his righteousness. He believeth, he lives by faith. He doth not hide his righteousness within his heart. He has not said in his heart, I do indeed believe in Christ, but I will not tell what I believe to this persecutor who's raging against me and threatening me. My God knoweth that inwardly, within my heart, I do believe. He knoweth that I renounce him not. Lo, you say that you have this inwardly within your heart? What have you upon your lips? I am not a Christian. Your lips bear witness against your heart. I have not hid my righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy truth and thy salvation. I have declared thy Christ. This is the meaning of, I have declared thy truth and thy salvation. How is thy truth Christ? I am the truth. How is Christ his salvation? Simeon recognized the infant in his mother's hands in the temple and said, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. The old man recognized the little child, the old man having himself become a little child, in that infant having been renewed by faith. For he had received an oracle from God, and it said this, The Lord had said unto him that he was not to depart out of this life until he had seen the salvation of God. This salvation of God is a good thing to have shewn unto men, but let them cry, Shew us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. But the salvation of God is among all nations. For after he had said in a certain place, God be merciful unto us, and bless us, 
and cause his face to shine upon us, that thy way may be known upon earth, he adds, thy saving health is among all nations. First he says, that thy way be known upon earth, and he goes on to say, thy salvation is among all nations, as if it were said unto him, what way is that which thou wouldest fain know? Men come themselves to the way, for does the way ever come to men? Our way did come unto men, found them wandering from the way, called them to itself when walking without it. Walk in me, it saith, and ye shall not go astray. I am the way, and the truth, and the life, lest you should say, Where is God's way? To what country shall I go? What mountain shall I ascend? What plain shall I inquire after? Inquirest thou after God's way, is the answer. The salvation of God is God's way, and it is in every place, because thy salvation is among all nations. I have declared thy truth and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy mercy and thy truth from the great congregation. Let us be there. Let us also be numbered among the members of this body. Let us not keep back the mercy of the Lord and the truth of the Lord. Wouldest thou hear what the mercy of the Lord is? Depart from thy sins. He will forgive thy sins. Wouldest thou hear what the truth of the Lord is? Hold fast righteousness. Thy righteousness shall receive a crown. For mercy is announced to you now. Truth is to be shewn unto thee hereafter. For God is not merciful in such a way as not to be just, nor just in such a way as not to be merciful. Does that mercy seem to thee an inconsiderable one? He will not impute unto thee all thy former sins. Thou hast lived ill up to this present day. Thou art still living. This day live well. Then thou wilt not conceal this mercy. If this is meant by mercy, what is meant by truth? Before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, he shall set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left. What awaits the sheep? Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. What is the doom of the goats? Go into everlasting fire. There, there is no place for repentance. Because thou didst despise the mercy of God, thou shalt feel his truth. If, however, thou hast not despised his mercy, thou shalt rejoice in his truth. Verse 11. Remove not thou thy mercies far from me, O Lord. He is turning his attention to the wounded members. Because I have not concealed thy mercy and thy truth from the great congregation, from the unity of the universal church, look thou on thy afflicted members, look on those who are guilty of sins of omission, and on those who are guilty of sins of commission, and withhold not thou thy mercies. Thy mercy and thy truth have continually preserved me. I should not dare to turn from my evil way, were I not assured of remission. I could not endure so as to persevere, if I were not assured of the fulfillment of thy promise. Thy mercy and thy truth have continually preserved me. I perceive that thou art good. I perceive that thou art just. I love thee in that thou art good. I fear thee in that thou art just. Love and fear effectually induce me, because thy mercy and thy truth have always preserved me. Why is it they that preserve one? And why is the eye not to be turned away from them? Even because, verse 12, innumerable evils have compassed me about. Who can number sins? Who can count his own sins and those of others? A burden under which he was groaning, who said, Cleanse thou me from my secret faults and from the faults of others. Spare thou thy servant, O Lord. Our own are too little. Those of others are added to the burden. I fear for myself. I fear for a virtuous brother. I have to bear with a wicked brother, and under such burthen 
what shall we be if God's mercy were to fail? But thou, Lord, remove not afar off. Be thou near unto us, to whom is the Lord near, even unto them that are of a broken heart. He is far from the proud, he is near to the humble. For though the Lord is high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But let not those that are proud think themselves to be unobserved. For the things that are high he beholdeth afar off. He beheld afar off the Pharisee who boasted himself. He was near at hand to secure the publican, who made confession, the one extolled his own merits, and concealed his wounds. The other boasted not of his merits, but laid bare his wounds. He came to the physician, he knew that he was sick, and that he required to be made whole. He dared not lift up his eyes to heaven, he smote upon his breasts. He spared not himself, that God might spare him. He acknowledged himself guilty, that God might ignore the charge against him. He punished himself, that God might free him from punishment. Such expressions are there here. Let us religiously hear, let us religiously love them. Let us say these things with our hearts, let our tongues with our very inmost marrow. Let no one think himself to be righteous. He who thus speaks lives, and, oh, that he may live. He lives up to this time in this world. He lives up to this time still with death. He lives, and even if the spirit is life because of righteousness, yet is the body nevertheless dead because of sin, and the corruptible body weigheth down the soul, and the earthly tabernacle weigheth down the mind that museth upon many things. It belongs to thee then to cry, it belongs to thee to groan, it belongs to thee to confess thy sin, not to exalt thyself, not to boast thyself, nor to glory in thine own deserts. For even if thou hast anything that thou mayst rejoice in, what is there that thou hast not received? Verse 12. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. End of Psalm 40, Part 3